Welcome to Tice Talks, episode 30 with Dr. David Tice. Today, our topic is Till Death Do Us Part, Hope and Healing for the Blended Family. And this is part one. This is going to be a two-part conversation. And I believe, is it Charity is going to be our guest for both of these? Yes, she is. And I'm glad that she's with us. Uh, she's always great to converse with. Because well, I she, mean, always? Well, sometimes. <laughs> Most of the time. Yeah, that's right. Always Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> always. This is a very, very important subject. Uh, the truth of the matter is, uh, as I am doing family life conferences, I have people constantly uh, asking questions about the, uh, well, what about me? Uh, I, I w- my definition, biblical definition of marriage is one man, one woman for one lifetime. The, the problem with that is this, uh, and uh, frankly, I, I'm thinking back of uh, about two or three family life conferences ago, I, um, a man raised his hand and said, well, if that's the case, then should I just leave? Because he said, I've hmm. been married and divorced twice. And he said, uh, is there any hope for me? Is there any hope for my relationship? And that's people, a legitimate question. Yeah, people have come so up. so many it. people are divorced yeah. and they just feel like... Okay, so you're not even speaking to me, or I'm I'm worthless now. I can't even do what God wanted me to do because I've been married and divorced, and or multiple times. Yeah, and can I even be used? And uh, in fact, I've had people come up to me and say, "Well, I think you just don't like divorced people," and and of course that's not the case. Let me explain a little bit about my background. My uh, my dad and my mom met each other. Uh, for the first time when my dad was about 31 years old and my mom was about 18 years old and he was interested. Oh my goodness. I did not know he was that much older than grandma. Yeah, he's 13 years. He was 13 years older than her. And, uh, and he started flirting with her on a bus. Well, she wasn't interested in him and she, uh, uh, she, he followed her to my, to my, uh, grandfather's home and said can I date her and he said that's totally up to her and this is back in the 19 I don't know when uh, but uh, 40s or 30s or something and um, he uh, uh, she he she wasn't interested in him she he pursued her she wasn't interested in him and she so- told me that her father really liked him from the beginning was like why don't you like that guy why don't you and i just wasn't interested that's it i just that's, wasn't interested i can hear her saying that that's yep. exactly right so so she uh she went off and lived her life he left and he got married and he got divorced and he got married again and i think he got divorced a second time in the meantime my mother got married to a man who was an alcoholic and all uh, she I don't even know the guy's name she'd also say always when I talked to her she'd say oh when I was married to the drunk that's all she ever called him oh you know the drunk when I was married to the drunk yes. so that's so that's the only thing I know he, he in was reference a, to him he was abusive he uh, treated her uh, terrible and she stayed with him until and she he, had how many kids with him she had three children with mm-hmm. him and um, then until he threatened them physical harm, uh, she she stayed with him until uh, she said she was afraid that she was he was going to hurt the kids. When uh, at that same time, and the story is a little bit unclear here, but at that same time, 
somehow my father got reconnected with my mother through my grandfather. And um, they started communicating. Back then, um, you, there was no such thing as no-fault divorce anywhere in America except in Nevada. And so what happened was my father uh, found out where my mother was, went and picked her and the three sib- or th- my three siblings, brought them across the United States. She told, she, when she tells this, she says, I took the wedding ring off and I wrote a note and I left it on the counter. Is that right? I yeah, never heard her say that's that. What she, she said, and I left it and that's the last I had any dealings with. So they came across the country. This is my family. They came across the country. Um, uh, and uh, in Las Vegas, there were things called divorce ranches where you could come. Were they, did they go to the one on Tule Springs? No, they didn't do that. Okay. But uh, but what they did was they went. You had to live in separate domiciles. Oh, yeah. I and remember. so my, my dad pulled a, a uh, trailer, moved, uh, uh, pulled a... a like an 18-foot travel trailer behind his Suburban, and they drove out here. He uh, he slept in the Suburban. Legally, that's what he had to do. And she slept in the in the uh, in the trailer with the three kids. And then after six weeks, as a teenager, when she'd tell me this story, she made it clear he slept outside and she slept inside. That we we I I did what we were supposed to do. <laughs> she was very insistent about that. And she that he um so after six weeks she got a divorce and they got remarried and uh, that's how my mom and dad's relationship with each other began. So my my dad was divorced and remarried at least twice at no at least three times and um, was married a fourth. At least. Yes. So uh, I think it was five because when I talked to Uncle Ricky, he's in heaven now. He told me when uh, he uh, he I don't know, a couple months before he passed away, he said, yeah, I was married and divorced five times. Just like just like dad was. So I wonder if he knew any more. So it might have been that that was we don't know all the details of everything. (laughs) So I I say all that to say this. I my family, uh, I, I love divorced people. So I, this is not to, 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 to say anything negative about about people who are divorced. This is to be a help uh, to people who find themselves in a situation that is less than the biblical ideal. And when they, they got married, there was the three kids. You were still not around. That's exactly right. What, what so they, they had. So they had, they, my oldest, my oldest uh, fully biological brother uh, was Ricky, who you just mentioned, um, and then, and then my sister uh, came along, Paula, and then there was me. I was the 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 end of the line. And you were all just born like that, yeah, it's just it, well, three years was, apart, right? Like uh, three, four years apart. Yeah, there was Ricky. He's three years older than me. Yeah. There's Ricky, Paula. And then me. So Man, and I was two years. That's some crazy dynamics years. to stay together with all of that, too. Yep. And having step stepchildren and everything. And they trusted. Uh, my, my mother had been saved when she was 12 years old. Uh, my dad didn't got, get saved until right before they got married. and uh, Or right after they got married. I'm not sure exactly where what that timeline was. But... 
So when she just, first met him, he wasn't even a Christian. Why? She might have been another reason why she was like, mm, "He's not even. He doesn't even know the Lord." Right. Right. He had a. He had a, a very traditional Catholic background, and so again, I don't know exactly when they get saved. She told me that when that they were, when they were in New York City one time, they both made commitments of their lives to the Lord. But hmm. so I he's gr- an immigrant. My my grandpa was an immigrant from Lebanon. Yes. So I mean there's different cultural backgrounds, there's everything sure. that's coming into this marriage that created you. Yes. <laughs> so Wow. So we had uh so yeah, I grew up uh, with people uh calling me a camel jockey. I had people calling me uh raghead because of I never uh, understood uh, the camel jockey is that apparently like uh, Arabs do a lot yes, of uh, riding on camels oh I mean, and wow that's raghead so because of the turbans I am and... personally offended <laughs> <laughs> so I we have a racial my mixed father marriage. would call me a raghead after I'd shower and have the towel on top of my <laughs> head <laughs> so these were just things that were part of my family and my growing up and so so um so that's so entering into this 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 whole topic that we're talking about is till death do us part God's take on marriage and divorce hope and healing for the blended family. So can there is there hope for the blended family? If I if I've been married and divorced and and remarried or divorced or if I've I've came from a a background of moral impurity is there hope for me with my family and the answer is definitely yes and you can raise your children for the glory of God and yes is there baggage that I have to deal with yes there is baggage that you have to deal with and uh, the Bible says that the sins of the father and the mother are visited to the third and the fourth generation and so we there there are things that we have to deal with internal struggles as well as well as outward struggles all these things but it you can't overcome I, I i i'm often reminded that throughout the scriptures you don't find very many ideal families hmm. isn't that the truth wow you got you have the only family that i could think of that's like a um a family that somewhat stayed together but they had major issues was Moses, Miriam, and Aaron, the brothers and sisters, and Jochebed, and um, of course there's Jesus, uh, Jesus's mom and dad. We have Noah. They yeah. had people that, yeah, Noah had no, Noah three, and his wife and, he had three and three sons, sons and they, they they seemed to do okay. Um, Abraham stuck with Sarah for and then, for, uh, for and then he stuck with th- then, and then he kicked out his his living yes <laughs> man so, Peter's but, mother-in-law yeah, disliked him even so with much Abraham that she was the father the of the faithful what was that Crystal <laughs> I said Peter's mother-in-law disliked him so much that she was sick all the time and almost died <laughs> <laughs> that's how well, I read my Bible a little bit of a stretch but uh, <laughs> but but you really don't have i mean you take jacob the, the, oh, yeah, the, they're all the father of israel you you take you take him of the nation of israel i mean he's he's got four different spouses and they're always fighting and the kids have got problems and then then you have again because of abraham's indiscretion with Hagar, I mean, just because your wife gives you permission to sleep with somebody else doesn't mean that you should that be doing right. that. And uh, oh uh, you have you have all sorts of crazy stories, but but what is so? We're going to do this in a two part series. We're doing number one that we're focusing specifically on 
those on on marriage what is god's biblical view of marriage what is your take from scripture on people who have been divorced on getting remarried now i've heard i heard in college the very first time i ever heard this i was sitting in college and um the preacher was saying that there's no matter what if you've been divorced and you get remarried you are committing adultery and I sat there and thought, well, then three-fourths of my parents, my, my friends' parents are living in adultery? This is confusing to me. So I went home and I asked you about that. I called you. I went right back to my room and I called you. And you gave such an amazing biblical answer. And I thought, oh, wow, man, I can't imagine being those. I mean, my girlfriend was my roommate. And she came back saying, so my parents committed adultery because they got married after, you know, my her, my my dad went off and had an affair and then my mom went and got remarried to a good Christian guy and so they're living in adultery. I don't get this. And when we called you, you laid it out for us and it was very helpful. So we're going to talk specifically to that end on this podcast. The next podcast, we're going to talk about practical living with a blended family and how exactly the dynamics work and things that you should be more guarded about, different standards that you might want to uphold to help your family grow closer to the Lord, things that maybe a blended family might have to guard against that maybe a family that isn't a blended family might not really have to deal with. So So, the first question for you, okay, okay, is what are your, what is your biblical definition, your view on marriage, and then you've already, and and divorce, just point blank, what is that? Okay, so first of all, we need to understand that God created one man for one woman for one lifetime. We see that in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. That that is absolutely clear. That's God's plan for the marriage relationship. However, God knows that man is going to sin, and so God regulates God regulates the sinfulness of man. And when we come to the law, we come to Deuteronomy chapter 24. And in Deuteronomy chapter 24, God gives this specific instruction. And you can read this. It's it's not long. It's verses, I think, one through three. Uh, God says, listen, if a man, uh, if, a, if a man finds in his wife some uncleanness and for that reason does not want to remain married to her, married to her, he can give her a writing of divorcement. And if he gives her that writing of divorcement... Uncleanness, specifically talking about immorality. Now, that's the question. We'll, we'll, we'll talk okay. about that. So he says he can give him, he can give her a bill of divorcement. And then the Bible says she is free from him. And the Bible in that passage, in fact, let me just read it so that, so that it, is, um, it is very clear... Uh, I love the fact that God's word is just, just so clear. And there's several passages that we're going to want to look at as we go through this. Uh, but here's here's what God's word says. You said this is Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 24. When a man hath a wife, and or hath taken a wife and married her. And it come to pass that she find no favor in his sight 
because he hath found some uncleanness in her, then let him write her a bill of divorcement and give it to her hand and send her out of his house. And when she is departed out of his house, she may go and be another man's wife. She can. Once he divorces her, she can go and be another man's wife. Now listen to this phraseology in verse 3. And if the latter husband, so God refers to the first husband as the former husband and refers to the latter as the latter husband, which tells us that God recognizes them as married. uh, This is a a Mm -hmm. legitimate marriage. And if the latter husband hate her, and write her a bill of divorcement and giveth it to her to her hand. So she's Man, now she's gotta be a pretty awful woman. Yeah. <laughs> he divorces her now. She's been divorced twice. He and sendeth her out of his house, or if the latter husband die, which took her to be his wife, so again God mar- God recognizes right. the second marriage. Her former husband, that's the first guy, which sent her away may not take her again to his wife. So he, she cannot go back and remarry the first guy, even if the again. second guy mm-hmm. died. Okay. Uh, after that, she is defiled, for that is abomination before the Lord, and thou shalt not cause the land to, to sin, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. So God says, all right, I know you're going to get divorced. I know there's going to be divorce. So here's the regulation. If you divorce somebody and send her away, she's free to remarry somebody else. But if she doesn't like that guy, she can't go back to the first guy. Uh, And the first guy can't take her back because that's an abomination. God's regulating divorce. Now, with that, by the time the Pharisees came along in Jesus' day, they were saying, they were asking the question, based on Deuteronomy chapter 24, Mm -hmm. Can I divorce my wife for any reason? Is there, is, uh, uh, what is this uncleanness? And the reason that question comes up is because if a person, it can't, it can't be adultery. The reason it can't be adultery is because if it was adultery, the, the, what happened for adultery was you were taken before the you priest killed, and right? you were stoned. Yeah. So the okay. man and the woman would have been stoned to death. So they can't be talking about adultery. The Pharisees were smart enough uh, to know that. So they're asking, uh, there's there's uncleanness. He finds some uncleanness. He's not happy with her and he finds some uncleanness. What is this uncleanness? So they got to the point where they were saying, it's just any reason. The guy says, I don't like you. I divorce you. I divorce you. I divorce you. And that's what they were practicing. And they were practicing that. Hmm. So the question then comes to, to Jesus. They come to Jesus and they no ask No fault Jesus, divorce, in, except it's all the woman's fault. That's it. It's, it's all. <laughs> woman these, fault divorce. It's the woman's fault divorce, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 19, uh, the Pharisees also came to him, tempting him, saying, this is verse 3, saying unto him, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? So this is directly in reference to Deuteronomy chapter 24. And he answered and said unto them, have you not read that he which hath 
uh, made them in the beginning, made them male and female. So he goes very back to the very beginning. The so origin look, of marriage. Here, there it is. Let me take you to the beginning. And he said, this, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain. This is Jesus adding to this. And he can do that because he's God. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. They say unto him, why did Mary, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement? They use the word command and to put her away. And he said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered. The word suffered means allowed. He didn't command it. He allowed it. Uh, He allowed you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And then he makes this statement. The Bible says, he says, and I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication and shall marry another, committeth adultery, and whoso marrieth her which is put away doth commit adultery. This flew right in the face of the Pharisees. Because they were like, done with you. Yeah. Don't want that wife. Done with you. Yeah. And, and, and I've got, I got a divorce, so it's not adultery. But he was saying, no, listen. See, the biblical definition of adultery is very important. The biblical definition of adultery, I believe, is this. It is... The breaking uh, the of breaking, the marriage vows. That's exactly I right. I listen to you. The, the, <laughs> divorce is breaking the marriage vows. So, so I'm, uh, or adultery is breaking the marriage vows. So if I don't get a divorce and I, and I go off and I have an affair on my wife, then I've committed adultery. I've broken the marriage vows. If I get a divorce, I'm legally breaking the marriage vows, but it's still adultery. And Jesus is pointing out to the Pharisees. And it's all adultery. It's adultery. Right. Th- that's what it is. Adultery is breaking the marriage vows. The word fornication is a word that is a general word that talks about any type of sin. sin. It could be it could be adultery. It could be incest. It could be divorce. It could be um, a homosexuality, bestiality, yeah. anything. Pornography. It's all... That's fornication. Th- that's fornication. So you so have this... So knowing these definitions are so important when deciphering what the Lord is speaking of yes. in Matthew and in Deuteronomy. So fornication is any kind of sexual sin. Yes, that's Period. right. Period. End so, of story. Adultery is breaking the marriage vows. Yes. And so Jesus, has said, Jesus says here, look, you need to understand... That if you divorce your wife for any other reason than fornication, then you're causing uh, uh, you're causing adultery. What's he saying? He's saying, but 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 you're not causing adultery if adultery has already taken place. You understand? Mm-hmm. Adultery has already taken place when you uh, and and so you get a divorce. For th- that's just you've not caused the adultery you've just recognized the adultery right and 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 uh so go ahead and get the divorce the adultery's already taken place and and that's the issue for jesus here so i i love the response of the disciples the disciples realize now <laughs> i can't divorce my wife <laughs> these so, young guys are like whoa now i'm the- <laughs> this is Peter, like Peter, you're married huh this, this is commitment <laughs> The ones that aren't married are like, wait a second. <laughs> so his disciples say unto him, if this be the case of the man, so so with his wife, 
it's not good to get married. If I can't divorce her, then why should I marry her? I well, how sad that woman. is. And he said what unto them, "What a terrible view of marriage they had back then. Right. Culturally, obviously, it is. It's terrible. The... And the Roman culture didn't help it. Oh I mean, yeah. <laughs> the Roman culture said, "Hey, do whatever you want to do, and hey, everything's okay." So, Jesus is clarifying here uh, this thing about divorce and remarriage. So, this is taking some time. How? We're doing good. We're twenty five minutes. minutes. Yeah, we, we got 25? about five more should, minutes. <laughs> start to wrap it up a little bit. All right. Good. All right. It's kind of like Sunday morning right now. Is what it feels like. <laughs> Rush to like, the end. Right. Now. Let's so get did, to the point. Did you edit this out, or is this? <laughs> no, oh, this, no, is, this, is, all, oh, this is all okay. All right. But this is also we can make it. We could actually, if if need be, we can cut it and do a third part if you want. But okay. we'll see. Keep all right. Going. So let's see how quick we can get you to. <laughs> Tell us okay. to land this plane. Okay, so th- th- I mean, this is really, really important because people's lives, people come up to me and say, and say, I, I don't think I can ever be right with God, and it's so, so wrong. So, oh, now, I've had so many women that say, if I divorce my husband who has cheated on me over and over and says he will not stop, am I the one in sin? And it's like... No. No. You, that is, that he's is, already broken he's the marriage broken vows. The marriage vows. The, exactly. the marriage vows have been broken, and right. you then are free. In fact, here's what's going to happen. Uh, in in Matthew chapter 19, you've got to understand the cultural context. He's speaking to Jewish people who understood the law, and he's saying, this is the way it is. If you get a divorce, it's adultery, period, because it's the breaking of the marriage right. vows. But... Uh, Moses permitted it because of the hardness of your heart, and so, uh, so, and and so, if if somebody gets a uh, a divorce because their spouse committed fornication, then uh, their spouse is the one that broke the marriage vows. Th- that's right. They did not break the marriage vows. It's already been done. They are now just ciphering and saying we're not doing this anymore. Yes. So it's important. It's important, I think, at this point to say this: that that doesn't mean if your spouse went out and had an affair, did something wrong, that immediately, hey, I'm going to divorce them. Absolutely. What's the best right. thing to do? The best thing to do always is to reconcile. But we're talking about somebody who is per- perpetually and continually and doesn't want to reconcile and doesn't want to reconcile. Well, we'll address that or abuse. Yeah, that's, yeah, right. that's address. That's something that we'll address okay. a little bit. So, so this, so the audience that Jesus is speaking to is a Jewish audience who understood the law, and he's explaining to that that to them. Now, when we come to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, the Apostle Paul, in fact, he says this. He says, there's some things that Jesus addressed, but to the rest speak I, not the Lord. I'm going to address some issues that Jesus didn't address. Hmm. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul is going to speak to a Gentile crowd who didn't know the law, and they weren't they weren't. Which is the majority of the world that's, today. That's, that's exactly. It's always right. been the majority of the world. So, right. so he's going to address people that live in Corinth. Corinth is Las Vegas of yes, the ancient absolutely. world. There, there was polygamy. There was uh, premarital sex, extramarital sex. There that's was homosexuality. Was it's all the all priests. going on. Of priestesses, all of yeah. the yeah, it was the all perversion. Everything and, and was the, about the worship of Diana was all about all about perversion lust. of sex. That's what it yes. was. Mm-hmm. So, 
now Paul's got to deal with people who've grown up in that. They've been married. They've been divorced. They've, they've lived immorally. And they're saying, hey, how do we avoid fornication? How do we avoid sexual sin? They wrote specifically to Paul to, to ask him. In fact, Paul answers in, in verse 1, he says, Now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me. He says, look, you've asked me these questions. Uh, and he's going to answer the question of fornication, adultery, uh, divorce, remarriage. Where uh, would he have been at this time? He was, you know, that's a good question. I think he, he wasn't in prison. I think he was in Rome. He's no, in I, Rome getting these questions. He's like, oh, brother, oh, my goodness. Okay, great. I have to address this now. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm How not can sh- I clearly address this? <laughs> I'm not sure exactly okay. where he is, but he is obviously... He's writing back to this to this wicked city, and mm-hmm. there's and these people have that gotten saved, right. and they want to do right. Yeah. yeah, I've if I've been with three or four different women, or I've been with three or four different men, or I was a I was a priestess in a in a fertility right. goddess movement. I'm a stripper for that got saved yes. out of downtown, and now I want to live for the Lord. Do I have an opportunity to? represent Jesus. Can I have a, can I have a family? Can I, what am I supposed to do? So Paul's writing an answer to those questions and it's fascinating. But this is, this is not, like I say, the stripper downtown, I grew up in the public school system and we changed in, in, in each other's locker rooms. We, we went and slept with friends. This is what we did. And then I got married because the first guy that asked me, and now I'm divorced and I have these kids. What about me? That's, because that's what we're dealing with. I've done everything online that is that you can imagine that's inappropriate according to the Bible. What about me? Does God have a plan for that? Does God have a plan? Can I can I still have a family? Can I can I live single for the Lord? Can I love get remarried and what can I do? And that's what this addresses. And so yes, so so in the next episode, because we're out of time in we this are. one, we're gonna dive right into First Corinthians chapter seven. And it's gonna be called Hope and Healing for the Blended Family Part Two. I like Exciting, it. Exciting, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> This is so. This is such a. I so, love this because it's so helpful. Okay, so please, please uh, make sure you tune in next time. Don't miss this because this will be a great help as we go through First Corinthians chapter seven. Remember this: First Corinthians chapter seven is the last word about divorce and remarriage in the Scripture. It's the final word that God gives us, so it's very, very important. Is our. Are you good? I'm done. Okay. (laughs) If you haven't already, be sure to visit davidtice.com and pick up the latest of Pastor's books, the first in our Thrive devotional series on how you can develop an effective prayer life. And we will see you next time for episode 31, part two of Till Death Do Us Part, Hope and Healing for the Blended Family. And remember, this is Tice Talks. It's more than a conversation.